No, I feel like the barrier of entry is way too high on them. Yeah. And kids are just sitting all day playing the shit, getting so good. Well, it's like, there's I just that, have fun. and you don't like. There's no story, like fuck no. that. I know. Nah, I need a good story. I need a good story too. I hear you. Damn, this is this is interesting. Like, oh futuristic. yeah, futuristic. <laughs> it's like the cheapest, but it's also very big. Yeah, it's it is very, large. It's it is very large. bulky. And you don't have a big chain. Sometimes dudes will be wearing yeah, like yeah. big ass chains and they're rubbing up against it. I was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we should have no chain interaction. <laughs> we should be good. I don't really think about that. I don't yeah, think I could rock yeah, a yeah. chain. Yeah. I feel like this is a bad way. I never saw The Sopranos. I was playing this Damn, shit and I was like, I didn't, I was, do you want me to stop this shit? That's shameful, man. It's the best <laughs> yeah. show of all time. I see, you got hella Soprano shit I all around, bro. I have a lot of Soprano <laughs> shit. It's was, like, I'm, I'm obsessed with The Sopranos. Why? Like beyond what's normal. You good? You got the... Yeah, yeah. Why? Um, I just, well, I'm Italian and a lot of times mob stuff it, there's this weird pride that's kind of taken in it especially by uh italian americans um yeah. i was just raised on it my mom had the godfather on 24 7 when i was a kid like that's like her background comfort really? you know what i mean like she made me watch that <laughs> that makes sense because i was forced to watch horror movies really okay young, so okay it, yeah yeah, Godfather was just always on, and then Sopranos is kind of this, like, you know, 21st century or turn of the 21st century, you know. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, a TV show has so much more opportunity, a good TV show, to, like, tell, like, such a longer, more enriched storyline than a movie in a lot of cases, you know? There's something beautiful about an encapsulated movie, too. Yeah. But a good one. But, and, and don't get me wrong, some shows drag on too long. But Sopranos, the acting, the writing, James Gandolfini. I mean, James Gandolfini, it wouldn't have been the show without him. I think I came to the realization that I was a hipster. Because I was like, okay. if something's popular, I would go out of my way not to watch it. Sometimes things are popular because they are actually good. Exactly, yeah. A lot of times I would tend to agree, you know, I don't like to jump on hype trains and stuff like that, but sometimes it's it's warranted. I was a hipster for so long and then I was like... What, what qualifies you as a hipster? I mean, we both have similar glasses, so am I a hipster? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a big part of it. Do you not? I like lattes too. <laughs> All right, you are a hipster too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the hipster Jeff Fox. Are we in Williamsburg right now? <laughs> you might be a hipster. <laughs> no, but like, I feel like if you purposefully avoid shit that's popular, that's, that makes that's you a hipster. That's the true definition of a that's, hipster? I feel like that's a true definition of a hipster. Okay, I mean, I oftentimes do do that. Am because I, I feel hipster? like it's lowest common to you've never I've realized. never identified as a hipster. You've never identified. I've made fun it. of hipsters before. You might be a hipster, Jesus Jeff Foxworthy. Christ. You might be a hipster. It's crazy. <laughs> I came to that realization too, though. I was like, damn, I'm hating on this shit just because a lot of people like it. I do that with music a lot of times. Yeah, but I genuinely don't like. I mean, especially the state of hip hop, like. I've become so frustrated with it that, you know, it's, 
it's so hard to sift through what's coming out right now looking for good music in the hip hop space. There's so much, in my opinion, bad hip hop and listen, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder or whatever, uh, you know, some people clearly like it. I don't know, I feel like it's very low frequency, very um, l low effort put into it. Do you think that's because you're in it though, that you're, Maybe, you're it's kind of shoved no. in your face? No, I don't, I don't think, I, well, I, it's not even necessarily shoved in my face. I, anytime I just tap in and see what's going on, I don't tend to like it, but I, I probably hear less hip hop than your average civilian That's in America right. nowadays. I, I just, I kind of listen to beats and yeah. older music, occasionally something new, but usually it has to be introduced to me by someone who knows me and knows that I will like it, you yeah. know? I guess because I get to be like a professional fan, I like the digging to find the shit that's cool. But that's I don't because have as much I'm time not... to do that anymore. Yeah, you're I guess, in it. You're you know? working. Yeah, I'm like, in it. You're yeah. making it. I don't do that with comedians. I don't right. go and like watch right. all the newest comedian shit. Like, right. I don't have time for that. I'd rather do it with comedians. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like there's a lot more reward potentially there. You know, a good comedy special and nothing like it. But it's because you still enjoy it. True. True. You probably, are you like burnt out on music? Um, not on making it and not on performing it. Cause performing is, you know, I, I would even say potentially, hey Moose, how you doing buddy? Hey Moose. Um, Moose is a quest dog. Yeah, oh he is, Moose he is, is dude. Yeah. He's coming to bring us a new, a new quest, right? a new side mission. <laughs> if you collect 15 apples, you will get this sword, Someone right? Someone shit in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Um, but I would say, I mean, I am. I'm about to be 35. You get burnt out on certain things. Uh, mm. Making music, there's still magic in the studio. When you do something you didn't expect to do or something you did expect to do and it just turns out better than you could have imagined. There's this this dopamine rush where it's just like, wow, this is this is incredible. This is awesome. You know, so there's still love in that setting. Uh, touring, I'm not gonna say I'm not burnt out on touring. I've been doing that for a long time, but this the act of actually performing uh, still brings me much joy, but Touring is exhausting, dude. I've been doing this shit for a long time. I've been in this game for a long time. Wear and tear is, is a real thing, man. There's nothing more exhausting on this earth than touring. And you have to live up to the expectations of everyone around you, even though it's literally just your job. Like, you're literally doing your job, but yeah. you also have to make everyone around you enjoy it, too. Yeah. Yep. So that's why there's a lot of drinking on the road, you know, because yeah. sometimes I'm not in a good mood particularly and I have to kind of force it out of myself. That's um, tough. That's something being around touring musicians, I yeah. realized. I oh, like, yeah. Damn, I mean, everyone's making it about them. It's, it, well, you got to understand too. I mean, you got a crowd full of people and this might be the only time they ever see you. This is their one in-person Chris Webby experience and they've been listening for however long supporting, you know, you gotta think about those people and you gotta give them yeah. what they deserve. I'm and, not talking about fans, I'm talking about like people backstage. Well, I mean, when it comes to the crew, everyone yeah. has a job. Yeah. Granted, yes, mine requires a certain element. Um, you know, not that my DJ and drummer don't have to rise to the occasion, tour manager doesn't have to rise to the occasion. 
you know, there, there's a lot of roles. You know, merch guy. That's that's a yeah. long. He, he's sets up. He's there all night. I guess know? I mean randos that cause scenes. Well, hundred percent. Because they want it to be their night that they're backstage right, at right. a Chris Webby show. And and you see that in people. You know, I do meet and greets, and I do an all access ticket where people get to come backstage. And you know, sometimes. Uh, I have great interactions. Super yeah. cool people. People who in another timeline I probably would be great friends with, but, you know, there's no time. You know, and we <laughs> yeah. hang out for a little bit, have a drink, and it's on to the next city. Sometimes you have people where it's all about the phone capture and, you know, they're really not present or, you know, they just want it to be what they had defined in their mm. head already, which sometimes can make you feel like a zoo animal. You, you get know? put in a box, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yo, if all you, you know, you bought this ticket to come hang out backstage and, and it's just all about getting the picture with holding, and don't get me wrong, get your picture. <laughs> I, I say the same thing to people in the crowd when they're trying to film the whole thing. It's like, definitely film your favorite song for sure. But if you're just there all night recording, you're not present. You know, yeah. and it's like, don't you want to take something more away from this experience? Yeah, and when you go back and watch a concert video, it's never that no, enjoyable. No, it's, it, but I get it, though. Yeah, you know, no. I've been at concerts. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I saw not too long ago Weezer, actually. Okay, and we you, we, you were also we were at that at show. The same show. So uh, <laughs> when when they play the, the fucking, oh, my God, uh, uh, Say It Ain't So. Mm-hmm. That's, I love that song. You know what I mean? I took the phone out for that, yeah. got my little little capture, and then went back to enjoying the show. Um, but at the same time, being present is very difficult in this day and age. And, and I understand that too, and I myself have to work on that because there's so often, you know, it's it maybe a little bit different than that particular example, but just getting so caught up in the to-do list and what needs to be done and... You know, there are a ton of things that I got to yeah. do constantly. And when you get too caught up in that, you don't savor it. You know, yeah. you don't you don't look around and really be like, wow, this is incredible. You know, what a blessing to be living this life. Because everyone's trying to monopolize time and that like, yeah. fucks up the present, you know? Yep. yep. I'll, I just started meditating again after a long time, like I every need to start day waking that. up. And at 15 minutes meditating seems like such a big thing, but I'll blow 30 minutes on Instagram when I wake up. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know, one thing that I've incorporated into my life and I highly suggest is not going to your phone immediately and going to a book. Mm. You know, get up, maybe maybe check your screen real quick, make sure there's no emergencies. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. Like, but if there isn't, what's the rush? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Why don't you, if you have the time, unless you got to go to work or something like that, obviously, then get up and do your normal routine. Don't have time for Instagram anyways at that rate. But yeah. um, if you do have the time, you make yourself a coffee, sit down with a book, read a chapter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like really let your, come into your day properly. You know, maybe stretch a little bit. Breathe, you know, like people forget to live you <laughs> to know be and, in the present yeah and, and myself included i had to like really force myself into doing that because i love to read and i think reading is very important it's a lost art mm -hmm. um sadly and i think that there are some very very important books that like everyone should have read you know and and it's not the case people don't really read that much anymore but i think that's something um what's your like top five list of books animal farm 
hands down, highly suggest it. Um, George Orwell, I would put Animal Farm and 1984. I mentioned both of them in the uh, the remix uh, for of the Oliver Anthony song, yeah. Rich Man, North of Richmond, which I just did. Which um, that was incredible. Thank that was you. Really, I mean, that was really cool. all props go to him. Yeah. He, he he's incredible too. Sparked the soul of the nation and the world, and I think he spoke to a message that you know. It's not politics, you know, and I, I speak sometimes on politics and, you know, the problems that we have are so much deeper than that. I hate when I'm labeled by some people as a political rapper. You know, I'm not a political rapper. I, I think politics is, is all just a puppet show. And the more you know, the more you learn about what's really going on in there. And, and I think the real core message of Chris Webby music, even the raw thoughts you know, where I can get vicious, you know, but if you really listen, there's one common denominator outside of, you know, the drug songs or the flex songs, things like that. Cause you, yeah. I'm a rapper, you gotta have some fun, <laughs> you know, and I do drugs, you know, I, like I rap about that too. But I think the real takeaway, the real message beneath it all, beneath the venom of a raw thoughts is unity and how important that is mm -hmm. and how divided we are right now. And we allow them to make us. And, and I think that's, you know, that Oliver Anthony song really sparked that in terms of we are all in this together. We really are. And we got we to gotta stop even trying to sort our problems out. We got bigger problems. And, and uh, we got to start really paying attention to that. And nothing scares them more than people being able to put aside their grievances and come together for a common goal. Well, that's yeah. what I mean about monopolizing time, is if you can take over someone's whole day, then they're not going to worry about what's happening in the real world. And I mean, there's a lot of that going on. They're making it so hard for people to live, to afford things. They have to work so much. I'm so lucky to be in this position that I'm in right now. I worked very hard to be in this position, but it gives me the ability of some extra time to look into some of these things and bring those conversations yeah to the people who might not have as much time to sit around, dig in and learn some of these conspiracies and facts and, and just things that are really going on out there. Cause I totally understand that too. There's people with kids working two jobs. They don't have the same time to try to crack the code of what's really going on out here. And um, you know, it's on people with a platform and a microphone and you know, a little bit of intelligence and time on their hands yeah. to bring these sort of things to people's attention. I remember being a kid and they're like, what's your way of learning? Are you a visual learner? Or I think a lot of people, and I'm this way, learn through music. Like if there's Absolutely. a beat to something, Absolutely. it sticks in your mind a little bit more. And I don't think that's taken seriously, that people it's, learn yeah. from music. Like that's a way of someone to remember something. And, and by no means am I, you know, some scholar or or do am i the end-all be-all of information especially when it comes to this type of stuff but you know i'm not stupid yeah. and and uh you know i i found that a lot of people who are the academics of this world that we've grown to trust through society are some of the more corrupt and incorrect people in our society right now. You know, you have, you have these people high up in, in the medical field, you know? It's like, they're not necessarily right. We can't just trust the people we've been taught to trust our whole lives. It's, it's a lot of veils are lifting right now. And there's like a 
global awareness coming into play and I'm just trying to do my part to help that process along. What comes next, I don't know exactly, yeah. but um, you know, people just gotta stop focusing so much on the politics of it. It's so much deeper that, look at the whole world. Look at what's going on in Canada. Look what's going on in Australia, New Zealand, Europe, like really all over. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, we got a big problem. And unity is the thing that would bring everything together. Yep. But and unity what doesn't to do make with money. It. But unity does make money. Actually, like they teach, I feel like that's a thing. I would, I almost just said unity doesn't make money. But why did I say that? That's not true. They don't want you to think that it's, you know, like divisiveness sells for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean unity couldn't. We have never really tried it. You know, there's been moments yeah. where people have come together, but I feel like we've never been in a spot where the whole world needed to come together because there's a whole world plan going on right now. It sucks that when really bad things happen, people unite the most. Right. It's kind of like creatives. The people who had pretty shitty childhoods usually go on to do some pretty great things. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I've been rapping about a lot of this stuff for a long time. You know, this is this message I've been pushing and I've had my own awakening throughout the process. If you listen to like Raw Thoughts 1, you could tell... I'm playing into that. I'm mm -hmm. playing into the divisiveness a little bit because, you know, I hadn't realized this, this, and this yet. Mm -hmm. And, and it's kind of like, though. yeah, and, of course. And, and it's totally cool. I, I think it's, it's takes a man to acknowledge, you know, when they were misled or incorrect mm -hmm. about something and to just expand their worldview on a, in a public forum. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I think there's some people too who think that, Rapping about this stuff, uh, you know, helps or, you know, I think there are people who do this for clout and do this for views. Mm -hmm. um, I think that does exist. I can just wholeheartedly say that's not why I do it. I believe this shit. Yeah. And, and I think it's paramount. It is so important to be using a platform for something that matters right now. I've been doing it. I just feel like the world's a little bit more receptive to hearing it maybe right now. Yeah. You are, you're like the opposite of clout chasing. Yeah, In I know, the way yeah. that, I hope you take this as a positive, but like when I was listening to the new Raw Thoughts, I was like, damn, he like wants people to like not listen to him if they're not actually listening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's at the point where it's like, you're with us or you're mm -hmm. kind of in the way. You know what I mean? It's you like, we're, it we should don't. all be on the same mm -hmm. team at this point. Look around, look what's going on. And, and yeah, because I do this and I talk about these things, I'm definitely like blackballed from a certain part of the industry. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely had opportunities taken away because I've been so vocal about certain things, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's the... Do you think it has affected your money in the long run? Yeah. Yeah, I've lost certain opportunities. And and the thing is, I'll never know the extent. Mm -hmm. You know, I really will never know the full extent. I just know the ones where, you know, for example, there was a vinyl plant who was printing up my vinyls and they listened to it and they refused to print my vinyls. Uh, there was a PR company that I was going to hire to help, you know, things along and, you know, try to tidy up the rollouts and all, yeah. all that and the uh, enough of their staff threatened to quit 
Mm-hmm. If if they brought me on, that's I, crazy. I had uh, I was supposed to be doing uh, in store signings at a chain up in you know Maine and New Hampshire when the last album came out. Same thing. A bunch of the staff threatened to walk out if they brought me in, and that's where I get confused because it's like, like I said, I know some of the things I say can be said viciously. I know that I. Uh, <laughs> Listen, when I feel something, I, I say it, and I, I go all the way there, but unity is the real message beneath it. That's the fossil. Once you brush yeah. everything off, that's what's there. And, and you know, for that to... I, I just think shutting down conversations is dangerous. And I think uh, at my own risk, I will continue to spark those conversations. I mean, then there's the element of, like, I do say some wild shit. You know what happens to people who say wild shit historically? Like, you know, when they really are out there saying it? I mean, if I, if I said some of the things not on a beat that I've said in a song, I would be kicked off of social networks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would be, you, you get a little extra wiggle room with Why? music. Because it's Cause it creative rhymes? expression, you know? Yeah. Do you think because it's, it, it's like, it doesn't have to be taken seriously because it, is music well i mean a lot of what i say is tongue-in-cheek and i've i've found a way to try to say things where i can kind of bob and weave around but i can be pretty fucking blatant too and and you know people have been kicked off of social networks for less yeah especially during certain times you know when a couple years ago when it was big with the shots and this and that and i'm coming out do you like poking the bear a little bit I think the bear needs to be poked. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yeah. Someone's right. got to fucking like, poke yeah. the bear. Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah. you see a lot of these other people who, you know, similarly try to channel this energy and, you know, maybe do it a little more for clout, etc. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they poke the parts of the bear that the machine wants you to poke because yeah. it's only causing more divisiveness. I'm, I'm getting in the underside of that bear. I'm poking the things that haven't been poked yet. Yeah. And you're inspirational in the way that you are just being yourself fully. Yeah, I mean, like, you fully. talk to me. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Like, 100%. I, I am a full-blown, proud uh, conspiracy theorist, have been, uh, you know, since I really had conscious thought. And uh, started to see the world how I did, you know? And it's like, it's a fucked up place. When did you first, when did that first happen? When did your mind first open up? It was like high school, and it was... A lot for our generation was 9-11 stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and just looking into that and being like, whoa, if they would do this, these people are capable of damn near anything, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like once you've accepted the fact, you know, and who are these people? At that point, I would, you know, yeah. other than the obvious characters in play, but they go so much deeper than that, like I said. So it's. Once you realize that nothing's off limits to the worst people on the planet, uh, you become susceptible to entertaining certain things and believing things might be possible. And I like to try to separate it between the things that I think and the things that I know. Mm -hmm. And and I try to make sure when I'm speaking to people that, um, you know, I, I separate those things. Yeah. 
Because there's fun conspiracies and like what is right, actually right. happening. It's is like this the word so and so clone, they put you know what I mean? One, yeah. one umbrella, so it's everything. You know, yeah. you're like, I love tacos, but I'm also in love with my partner. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> it's right, right. like, this is a cons- Bigfoot's a conspiracy, but also. But giants were real. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I never seen Bigfoot. Yeah. Someone described it as I got black pilled, and I did. I think I got so much knowledge young that I just went away from it, and I kind of don't put attention to it, which I don't know if it's good or not. I mean, that means that you're kind of like a sleeper cell in society right now, just yeah. like you know you know what's up. And it don't get me wrong, it's not necessarily healthy to constantly be thinking about this shit either. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I think about it too much. I have to take full detoxes sometimes and just watch a TV show for a month because it's fucking negative as fuck. Yeah. Like it's so sad. Like it's really sad where where we are. And so, that's what that song, yeah, that, that's the yeah. original point. It's a damn shame. That, that's you know, the, yeah. it, it, it really is. Has and he heard your version I of don't it? know, I don't know. Okay. I hope he likes it if he did, man, for sure. I was just trying to do it justice, you know? And you definitely did. I appreciate that. Who? Who do you, how, like, who do you think is in charge? Is that an okay question? To, do, we don't have to go down this path. I think, you know, there's definitely multiple secret societies. There's families, bloodlines that have been running things from behind the scenes for hundreds of years. I think history is what they made it to be. Um, you learn at a certain age how much you have to unlearn you know, mm-hmm. that you've been taught mm-hmm. because, and I, I got a scholarship to private school. Like, I'm technically a I smart did too. Kid. Yeah, yeah no I doubt. couldn't afford private school yeah, without tuition, full tuition to that. That's so funny. But, but, like, even there, you know, a lot of the shit that you're taught and that, that I mean, it's even worse now with the kids mm-hmm. who are coming up. And you have to, like, literally unlearn shit. And that's why it's been harder. I feel like our generation is going to be very important in whatever comes next, because some of the older generation, no disrespect to them, but they were, they didn't never really had to open their mind to some of this shit as deep as it goes until so much later in life. We kind of were exposed to it from the beginning. And now, you know, a lot of these kids growing up, I don't know, something about the screens being in front of them all the time. Yeah. It's, it builds a sort of apathy in them where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's just how the world is. But we saw how the world was, and I'm not saying it was perfect, but we see how much worse it is now and we don't like it. But do you think that's going away? Do you think screens is something that's gonna come and go? Or is that like our kids just adapting to what the world is going to be from now on? Parents are gonna have to like really enforce that on a kid by kid basis because the screens ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I think now people are realizing like, I mean, I don't have a kid. It's easy for me to say, yeah. you know, but so much of why I say this shit and I think this shit is because like, what if I did want to have a kid one day? What kind of world am I subjecting this innocent creature to? You know, mm-hmm. like our but parents you adapted think to the that. world that you were thrown into and came out strong. Wouldn't you think that your child, no matter what the circumstances were? <sighs> the circumstances are just getting dire. They're getting fucking dire, man. And it's like... Sometimes you don't want to think about it and it's like, oh, you know, try to have that that headspace of like, oh, it's all going to, you know, it's bad now, but it's going to work out. You know, 
everything will rebound, like stock market ideology, you know, but like, look how far we've fallen since 2020, you know? And like, really think about it. Like, where were you in 2019 and what was normal to you? And now feel how you feel in 2023 and what's now normal to you, the expectations you have out of life. You know, I feel like, I'll be honest with you, I was lost and quarantine giving me a reset made me There's find an myself, that find myself. I was lost because there was so much noise around me that I didn't know. There was but a beauty it, to quarantine. There was a beauty to it if you weren't scared. Right, right. But that's how I feel about maybe a kid is like maybe it's beautiful if you're not scared. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. but, know, like how much do you think those secret societies that are, are in charge affect your day-to-day -day life um well being in the position that i'm in now not as much as they would be if i had less money really is what mm -hmm. it comes down to i mean i don't I, i'm out there touring so i get to see what things are like and interact yeah. with the people and Things are not good for a lot of people. So I'm a bit insulated to it, mm -hmm. but I make sure to get out there and connect, um, you know, to really see what people and feel what people are going through. And it's just like, it's rough out there. It really it's, is rough. And like cities are falling apart and it's just, it, it's not looking good. Just no. Not, nothing's looking good. So I think- uh, The divide is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think you are right. Quarantine brought the best out of some people, you know, that time period. No, but I do think the world in total went for worse. Oh, for I was sure. Just, I had to say for a personal, for my no, personal benefit. 100%. And I would agree as well. I would definitely agree as well. It really like helped me recenter. I had been out touring for, I mean, at that point I was like 10, 11 years into my career. So it like really gave me the first moment of quiet for a long time. This episode is sponsored by Hetty Roosevelt's out of Maine. They are the go-to for handcrafted edibles. Make sure to try out all their products at Hetty Roosevelt's on Instagram. I would recommend their lemonade concentrate. That shit fucked me up. But shout out Hetty Roosevelt's. Let's get back into it. Uh, so on a personal level, yeah, there were benefits. Some people definitely came out stronger. I also think all that extra time on people's hands, which they don't have when they're working, like we talked about, um, allowed people to get aware of certain things. I think there was a big awareness that, that uh, there was a bump in, in the people who know what's going on. Mm -hmm. People were forced, they're like, and it got to the point where like, yo, enough's enough, you know? Businesses falling apart, so many privately owned businesses, not there anymore. Yeah. You know, so many good food places that I used to love to go to are not there anymore. Um, and a lot more chains. A lot more chains. A lot of, a lot of uh, you know, I make, I make music. So it's like, all I had to do was stay in my house and keep putting out music. That's as simple as the marketplace is. But any brick and mortar, I mean, pfft. imagine having worked your whole life and opening, you know, a bakery or a, or a diner or, or something in 2019 and then 2020 comes around. You got to shut down all that time. Yeah. You know? I was thinking about this recently. Um, how there's a lot more horny music right now. Like yeah. horny music is really popular. And I was trying to think why. 
And I think it's because the kids that are now like now like what the market drives were locked down for so long that they just want to fuck. That they just want to yeah, fuck. Yeah. And that because the reason I, I bring that up is I was like. <laughs> Is dumb music being pushed on us, or yeah. is it because kids are horny and locked up for four years? I think, I think there's a lot at play, but yeah, I think dumb shit's being pushed on the people. Like, why isn't smart shit being pushed on the people? Clearly, like, so much of this is so dumbed down, and it's creating a generation of artists who want to be successful, so they're following the trend of dumb shit, and that's my problem with some of this hip-hop. I mean... I didn't grow up listening to only hyper-intelligent hip-hop. Yeah. There's a space for everything. Fun hip-hop, you know, carefree, you know. I used to love the Cash Money Millionaires, Trick Daddy, you mm -hmm. know, like, not oftentimes considered some of the most lyrical, you know, the big timers and yeah. such, but a good time nonetheless, and, and it had its place. Um, I don't know, I just feel like times are dire right now, and, and it's almost like hearing some of this shit and what's being talked about while the whole fucking ship's on fire, you know? Yeah. It's just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? And I think um, hip-hop is supposed to be fun in some instances, also true to your experience as a human, you know? That's why when some people would chastise uh, violence or or glorification of a certain lifestyle in hip-hop, I would disagree if that's what was true to that person, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think, a lot of the guys we grew up with, I mean, I don't want to say they didn't promote violence, like Get Rich or Die Trying, definitely uh, yeah. one of the greatest albums of all time. Some of those songs, I guess, could be argued promote violence, but I don't know, they were good. But I think it's ignorant, not to you, but to people arguing certain things that that people are going through violence. Like, if yeah. you, you, you know, people are living through shit absolutely. that isn't just a song. Yes. And then absolutely. I think people then took that as like, oh, that's just something we can run with. And it gets away from this is actually authentically the lives. Yes. And I think um, as a creative, as someone who makes music, you just you know, you do what's true to you, yeah. you know? And the moment you're not doing that, like, you're fake, you know? Yeah. And that's that's not cool. But you don't want to be a fake rapper. But that's why fuck with you. I fuck with the Griselda guys. I fuck yeah, with Danny. Like, news. I yeah. think I get to... I'm lucky because attention's the universal currency. So I only want to put my attention to things that I enjoy or are authentic, and then I kind of horse blinder everything else and out. that's that's what you learn to do especially you know going through music and shit that's yeah. why i don't i don't know a lot of this new shit i don't go out as much so i don't really like experience it that way either just occasionally i'll hear something or someone be like yo you hear this new song yeah and play it for me and i'm like wow this is this is bad what is the 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 what's the one right now the the Oh, sexy Butthole red. One. Sexy what the red. hell is that? Like, <laughs> tell me the the pussies are pink and booty holes are brown. Yeah, that is, that is her truth. I, you know, and I suppose so. I she's suppose got a so. brown asshole. Yeah, sexy red's truth. That's what her name is. Sexy red. Sexy red. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> 
But I'm also getting old. Yeah. I'm about to be 35. Okay. I, I'm not See, supposed I'm to identify. I'm 26. Yeah, I mean, and so I would say I we're enjoy, in the same like gen, kind of. I like some dumb stuff, but it's because I'm a comedian, yeah. and I see comedic value in her rapping that. Absolutely. You and, know? and, you know, that's almost like doing research. Exactly. Is, you know, you gotta, exactly. It's good to have your finger on the pulse. And you're right. We, we do have a nine-year gap there, so... All right, you never listed off your five books. We oh, okay, yeah. Animal Farm, we 1984, um, <laughs> Lord of the Flies, um, um, I'm trying to throw a graphic novel in there. Watchmen. Mm. I'll get back on the, on All the right. third one. We'll go on another Maybe uh, 48 Laws of Power. Okay. All right. Very, very useful book. Um, That's a good list right there. Yeah. I yeah. feel like for the first three, those are books that they force you to read as a kid, so you never go back to them. Yeah. You're and like, you don't understand the concepts, and you're like, I just relate that book to a shitty time. Exactly. In life. And I did the same <laughs> until I went back and I did reread them, and I was like, wow, this is so yeah. fucking good. I think Lord of the Flies was, uh, I, I never read 1984 as a kid, but Lord of the Flies and Animal Farm I did. And, you know, I didn't remember that much. Yeah. And I went back and I was like, wow, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. You know, and Animal Farm, I just, it's so good. It's so simple, but it's so pertinent to what's going on right now. In 1984, I hadn't read until more recently. And man, I got a Brave New World on my list next. I've been told okay. that I need to read that one. I don't know how I hadn't yet in life. So I'll get back to you. That one might make the top five, considering my mailman told me to read that. We were talking about books. All yeah, right. he, he, we always, world. we were talking about a lot of stuff. He's, he's kind of on the same wavelength and uh, we're very much on the same wavelength. <laughs> and he said, yeah, he was surprised I hadn't read that one. So I already ordered it. I hope you like this transition right here. Uh, the reason I like going to the movies is because I can't focus on anything else. Yes. I have to focus on yes. the movie. And it's like reading, the theater. you have to focus on the book. Exactly. You in the theater is the best play. way, dude. Video, this is why these are great, is because if you're on your phone, you'll get a text message, and then you can't, like this, yep. I'm just on this. Yeah, yeah, you can't. With, with the arcade games, you're, you need both hands. Yeah, but when you're Simple focused on something, like when I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that yeah. was the transition. Yes, nice, I loved nice. it and I was focused on it, like nothing else. Absolutely, absolutely. I saw it like the day before it officially released. They did like a screening. I was up at vacation in Maine. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I'm a big Ninja Turtles guy, like big Ninja Turtles guy. So to see some of those characters brought to life was fire. Yeah, uh, you liked Leatherhead it? and Wingnut and the fucking scumbug like i had all these action figures when i was a kid so to me that's like extra cool i did like it yeah i liked it the I think art style was cool it was very cool um is had some genuinely funny moments uh i'm still waiting for someone to do like a dark ninja turtles mm. like a real dark take on it but i feel like that's how transformers happens no transformers <laughs> well we already saw that where michael bay tried to make turtles movies those, those shits were ass they were they weren't it. Um, and Transformers, same shit. You mean like, like a Batman-style TMNT movie? Yeah, I mean... Like a Christopher Nolan directed... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty cool. 
I think it would. I think it would. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that for Last Ronin. Did you read Last Ronin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're yeah. making that a video game. They're making that a video They're game. God of War style video, video game, yeah. oh, which that's is gonna be, my favorite type yeah. of video game, dude. I like to play a game with myself how much I can sneak into a movie theater. In terms of what? Food. Oh, okay. Like, I brought a you full... You set up a little picnic in there. I brought a full order of dumplings, General So's chicken, and fried General So's? And that fried really, that's rice. not how people call it. I'm not a big Asian food guy, but... <laughs> that's, General So's. That's, I'm pretty sure that's... Uh, I'm like, Sal. I could be wrong. I could be I wrong. I think you might be. <laughs> but I brought a full Asian meal into the movie theater. That's... Do you hide it under your hoodie? <laughs> yeah, I put it in my fanny pack. This fanny pack holds Damn, so Damn, that's much. greasy, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then I put my podcast equipment in it. For that's today. good. That's good, yeah. You don't try to sneak crazy shit into a movie theater? No, no. I just try to get, like, extremely high beforehand and maybe, like take some sort of pill that'll take effect partway through the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know, the to enhance is, my experience. Yeah. The worst is when you get too high and then there's way too many commercials and then you blow yeah. your high watching yeah. commercials. True, true. There's like, cause I always want to make it for the uh, previews, yeah. but yeah, you don't really want the commercials. It, there's an art to arriving at the right time. <laughs> at the perfect time. But the best experience that I had in that vein was the, uh, the first Avatar in 3D. And I ate this like, it was like a walnut or a chestnut that was like triple dipped in acid. Oh, fuck. And bro, it was fucking surreal. <laughs> I had to put my hood up, dude. I was like, yeah, I was so triple. in it, bro. I was like, you know, because I'm big on, on wilderness and, and nature mm -hmm. and, and, you know, preserving it. So that, that movie really played off of that. You know, they're coming yeah. to cut the trees of life down <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like tripping, Yo, that. that movie you're probably oh my god like, I was emotional <laughs> you're like I'm gonna go fuck a tree or tonight yeah I was <laughs> I was and then it ended and I'm still tripping balls and you know <sighs> when that came <sighs> out I was already like in the game somewhat you know at, yeah. like early in my career but I was like becoming known so then it ended and i was like fuck dude if i get recognized right now i'm gonna freak the fuck out so i had to just like i put my hood up and just tried to like sneak out of there like a ninja but yeah when you're tripping you think you look good but everyone knows yeah everyone knows like, I, you don't want to be tripping is like sacred yeah. you know psychedelics are sacred they should be taken with intention and um and not in an any sort of potentially uncomfortable situation no. because that will ruin your fucking experience big time. You want to know the worst trip I had? And this is funny. What's your relationship to Little Shop of Horrors? I actually had a EP cover where we did the big yeah, Venus Girl. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, why. Yeah. That's li like why? Why? Yeah, right, right, right. Why? Oh, I, I you just like it. Yeah, I yeah. liked it, dude. I was like, dude, Venus Fly. I used to have a Venus Fly trap. It, I fed it an ant one time, dude, and the ant's leg twitched for like two oh, weeks no. really it was crazy it was torturing it yeah i don't, I don't know what the hell was That's going on crazy. that was that was wild the only reason i say that is because i never even knew what that musical was i didn't even realize it until i took mushrooms with a x and we went to our friend's production of little shop of horrors in a small black box theater so we're tripping. Oh, and it's like a live. Yeah, oh. and we're tripping sack. And it's a mom, her daughter, mm. my ex, me, and then the director of the play in the sound booth. And it's this. Oh, that's, and the, and that's it's a, maybe a lot of variables. 50, Too many variables. 50 people. 
like not big and yeah. we're just tripping fucking sack watching little shop of horrors and we had to leave but i always get then i saw the album cover and i was like what the yeah fuck? yeah yeah I no that sounds even... fucking intense i mean <laughs> You either want to be with a very core amount of people who are all kind of on the same page. Most people are tripping or they're cool. They're not going to yeah. fuck with anybody, but everyone's on the same page. Or, um, and I've never really done this, but, you know, the festivals are big. I know a lot of people take them there. And I feel like at events like that, there's so many people that you kind of get yeah. blended into this one organism. And I would imagine you're not too worried about it in a situation like that. But yeah. Anything in between, like you don't really want like other people's parents and you know, oh, or no. anything like that. <laughs> no. or... What's the worst trip you've had or craziest <sighs> trip you've had? I remember one time I tried to eat a lobster, like a whole lobster <laughs> on acid after spending a day on a Candlewood Lake in Connecticut <sighs> on a boat. And I'm a big fan of tripping on boats because it's it's just like real nice. You're disconnected from your worries when you're on a boat, um, which is good. You don't want to be haunted by your to-do lists or your insecurities or any anything. You kind of want to be as free from that as possible. But then we went out to dinner and I had the bright idea to order like a fucking entire lobster dinner. And my mouth was dry. I'm, I'm having this weird experience. I'm like, damn, this whole creature like sacrificed its life. It, it was, it was, uh, it was not the move. You could have become vegan after that. Yeah, it, it was like a weird, but then I like kind of accepted it and it was like, I must consume this to honor it. And it, I was going through a weird thing eating that lobster. That's for yeah. fucking sure. Eating and tripping is always bad. Yeah, it's not really like uh, super enjoyable to no. eat. You ever do DMT? I have, but I've never blasted all the way off. Really? Why? Do you think I just must is? not have done it enough or not done it quite right. I mean, the times I did, it was like in a bowl on top of weed, but then with like grinded weed on top of that. Oh. And then you light that and it's supposed to heat the... But you didn't do it like a real one out of a dab. like. No, no, yeah, I've okay. never done that. And I... And, it does intimidate me, um, especially as I've gotten week. older. You just did it last week. In Nashville, week. I did a whole ceremony. Really? How was it? Amazing. Really? I've been depressed for like over a year, and for the first time, I feel like I have control again. Wow. If I'm being serious. That's amazing. Yeah, it's Yeah, crazy. I got to do that. I got to do that because... It's not as intense as you think it is, but it's just as intense as you think exactly. it is. Well, it's not as much of a commitment as something like ayahuasca, which mm -hmm. I've always considered. You know, I flirted with the idea of like, oh, one day, you know, I'm going to go down to the rainforest, you know, just get in, ingrained in the, in the jungle and, you know, have, yeah. come back with a beard and, you know, just... <laughs> and maybe one day, well, I'm actually growing a beard. I know. I was about to feel like you are. Yeah, you're halfway yeah, I can't there. stop playing with it. It's new. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's new to me. I've always had scruff, but mm. uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm new to like the full beard life, but I'm just like, going to let it What scares you about it? Um, the inability, like the loss of control. Mm -hmm. You know, I do, as I've gotten older, I like to be in control more and more. Um, whereas I used to be pretty fucking carefree and like, yeah, man, whatever, let's fucking do it. You know, now I'm, you know, I, you just like inherently become more responsible as you get older. Yeah. Um, are you good with yourself? I'm, I'm pretty good with myself. I'm pretty good with myself. I think, uh, I'm pretty hard on myself mm -hmm. too. Um, and I think that, that that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think that keeps me driving to be better and better at, the music I make and, and everything, but 
you know, I, I definitely, I, everyone can improve. Everyone can be a better version of themselves. Um, and, and usually like I'll have a period every year or so where I kind of reflect and, and try to change certain things and hopefully keep some of those, you know, reading a book in the morning. That was yeah. something I took on through one of those, like a couple years back. But there's still things I got to work on, man. So much shit I got to work on. You I have... just stopped vaping the other day. Did you? Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm five years clean of tobacco and nicotine. So when yeah, people I'm not do clean it... of tobacco and nicotine, but oh, fucking, fuck vapes, dude. Vapes are whole, yeah, no. I've heard from too many people that they're worse than cigarettes. I prefer cigarettes. Um, and also just hitting it all the time, bro. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying I'm never going to hit a vape ever again in my life, but... You know, because there's there's a time and a place. It's that oral fixation. Yeah, it's too much, dude. Yeah. It's too and that's fucking such a much. Bad, that's such a weird, terrible tor term, but it's true. It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And you end up just hitting it for no reason. You yeah. don't even need nicotine. You just hit it two seconds ago, but you just end up doing that. And it, yeah, I, I definitely um, decided... My, my producer, JP, he recently did the same and he suggested it. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right, dude. Like, yeah. fuck vapes. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, this is just part of my life. I, I was, like, anti-vape in the beginning. I was like, smoke a bogey. Like, it's fucking mad pussy. It's fucking vape <laughs> shit. And, but it and, is uh, the ease of it. It's, it's the, the ease, ease of, it. of it. It's the ease of it. And then I think I kind of started because it was when I was touring, and I try not to smoke more than a cigarette or two before I have a show on a show day. Yeah. Um. So that came into play. And next thing you know, it's just like a part of your life. And it's like, yo, fuck this. You have anxiety? You know? Yeah, for sure. But I think that was giving me more. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's like caffeine. Yeah. It's like, oh, do I, I drink a lot of caffeine? Do I really want to? But it's like, all right, I'm awake, but I'm also hella anxious. Right. Like, do I want to be alert and anxious or sedated and calm? I mean, yeah, like uh, <laughs> my wake up routine consists of quite uh, a stimulant uh, cocktail of mm, sorts yeah adderall and four shots of espresso <laughs> that's a that's a wake-up call right yeah. now what time and, but you, like that's just enough i mean up? i just i wake up whenever you know earlier yeah. than i used to but unless i got something to do yeah you know i try to be up by 10 um but yeah i've been on adderall since forever so what know. gives you the anxiety if you don't mind me asking probably that doesn't help but I don't know, man. It's crazy to think about, too. It's like, as much as I'm not present a lot of times and not thinking about all this shit, when I really do sit back and think about it, it's kind of fucking nuts. And sometimes yeah. that can be overwhelming, too. It's like, damn, like, look where I'm at right now. Sometimes, like, looking around is, like, overwhelming, mm. you know, because I'm always eyes forward. It's like, what's the next track? What's the next tour dates? What's the next this, the next that, the next post, the next video shoot you know it's like yeah. i stay in that mindset and sometimes to really look around is like fucking intense because it's just like damn you know do you feel the same as you were in the beginning when you started and shit like same mentality uh there's a certain hunger that you can only have when you really got nothing and mm -hmm. but a dream you know like like I'm still hungry. I'm still determined. Um, and I think that shows I'm still trying to one up myself at every, I'm making much better music than I was then, but there's something about that. Your consistency and your output rate is wild. Yeah. 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 Adderall and caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. But like when you're really young, 
and you, you don't have shit like, I just had no fear, you know? I, I was, there was nothing, I wasn't worried about fucking up, really. I just was like, I would do anything. You know, now yeah. I'm, I am much more calculated, which is a good thing. But, you know, I used to go on the radio shows, I used to go on Sway and shit, like, off the top. Mm -hmm. Like, and just freestyle. Like, you know, now when I do those radio shows, I'll have a well-articulated, very calculated, written piece specifically for that, which is, you know, the norm. It was the norm back then, too. I just was... Not many people actually freestyle, I feel no, like. No, and I don't really freestyle that much anymore, either, and it's sad, because that was a huge part of my come-up. That was a big part of my identity as a hip-hop artist. I'm glad I did it. I think that's, like, really important gladiator pit to have grown up in, yeah. in in the ciphers and shit like that but um once you get big freestyling is kind of just like no longer worth the risk because yeah. that's the beautiful thing about freestyle off the top of your head sometimes they suck even if you're good at it but like when the camera's on and everyone's like oh chris Webby's about to freestyle like this better be sick it's like damn this is way cooler when they were like who's this guy you know yeah. and i got to show him because there's weight behind it now yeah yeah, and that, that, I mean, that happened a long time ago. Uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't worth the risk anymore. It's sad, because like I said, I really did love to freestyle. But like anything, freestyling is its own muscle, so I could get really good at it again. I was pretty fucking good at freestyling, I will yeah. say. I was, I was like, that's what I was known for at house parties and all that shit. But um, I would have to like re-exercise that muscle. Because it's been a while. For when, sure. when did you find your muse? My muse. Like, when did you, like, gain consciousness as an artist? I think it's been a really segmented awakening. You know, my segmented consciousness of trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be, where I fit in in this food chain of, you know... Yeah. Hip hop because there was you mind really if I roll a joint? Not at all, not at all. I might actually need to grab a water. You want a drink? Oh, uh, I got my seltzer. Nice. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah, no problem. so fucking thirsty oh bro i hydration is something i need to like that i've been really focusing on recently yeah it's no it's hydrated. it's important it's important you were talking about uh segmented becoming um yourself well, as an figuring artist. out figuring out where i fit in in this whole thing mm -hmm. you know it's like i'm a white kid from middle class suburbs of connecticut and there was no blueprint for that when I came out, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, everyone I grew up listening to, obviously there was Eminem, and that's the comparison I got everywhere I went, because that was kind of like, that's what people knew as the white rapper. So I had a, <clears throat> I think that made me good, because when I would step into a cypher, I had this extra expectation like I'm the white guy so I have to be that much better now you yeah. know uh because Eminem's the only reference point and because I'm the different one you know and I and I better bring something unique so I kind of found what made me unique and and you know I'm just 
my brain's a wild place. You know, my, my yeah. brain is nuts. I think of crazy things, I say crazy things, and I, I've always kind of like leaned into that. It's authentic to me. Uh, I, I'm a prankster and, you know, I, I'm always fucking around, making jokes and shit and finding clever ways to say that. But, you know, even bigger than that, it's like, where do I really fit in here? What's my my purpose? And it's taken me a long time and and, you know, you could tell there's such a shift in my music. I still like to have fun. I still rap about, you know, smoking weed and, and doing drugs. And, you know, that's, they've been rapping about that forever. Now, as far as drugs go too, it's very important. Like I would never say drugs are good, but I would say that I'm good at drugs, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, not everyone is. Yeah, I feel like your position is. on them have changed. I'm, I'm just like, Hunter S. Thompson-esque, you know, it's like I've been on them and I've run on them. I schedule things around them. I, I don't get outwardly addicted to them because I stay very regimented. Um, if I ever feel like I'm leaning on one too much, I'll replace it with another. Nonetheless, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't do a bunch of drugs and I'm not going to say that that's a good influence, uh, mm. <laughs> but at the same time, like, not everybody's cut out to do drugs, I guess, is what it comes down yeah. to. Not everyone has the disposition for it. Um, I'm lucky to not really have that addict gene. Not to say that I'm not a habitual user of certain substances and, you know. Yeah. But some people are alcoholics and they get a pass, you know. Who's like, that professor who's like, I do crack. You know? I don't know. I, I <laughs> don't know do crack. I, I don't do crack. But do you know who I'm talking about? He's like a Harvard professor who like is about legalizing all drugs and using them in moderation. And I don't think that's like, how it would pan like, out if you legalized them, sadly. No, but. that was, I was saying that, Jeff. Yeah. But he's literally like, I'll snort some heroin to go to sleep at night. And he's like a Harvard professor. He, but he, he might have get it just addicted. super He doesn't worked get addicted. Out. The reason I can't, I know I'd get addicted. Like, yeah. weed's my, weed's my thing. You yeah. know, like, I can't. And I smoke less weed now than I once did because of the weight of all of this, mm -hmm. you know, that this life. Sometimes I smoke weed and it's a great experience. Sometimes I smoke weed and it's like, whoa, man, fuck. You know, I get one phone call that kind of throws me off balance. And next thing you know, I'm, I got a lot of anxiety and, you know. Yeah. Do you think you were born to be successful or do you think people who might not think they have a calling can like work on that to become? I think I was born to make an impact in some way, shape, or form, uh, with my words. I think I was born to make an impact with my words, and I've seen that purpose now more and more as I've kind of stepped into this role of talking about things that are actually fucking important, and now doing it from a perspective of someone who's been in the game for a long fucking time. If I came out the gate <coughs> saying all this shit, it would have been different. You know, I've earned a level of trust with my fans. And I would say the hip hop community, whether they fuck with me or not, I've been around for fucking 15 years yeah. in the game. You're a tenured rapper at this yes, point. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I don't ask people to like me or agree with me, but I think that, you know, I've earned my spot and I don't feel bad about it. I've worked very hard for it. Does um, your path make sense to you? It does, yeah, it does. Um, 
because I was always raised to, you know, have this moral compass. Uh, my grandpa, my mom's a real firecracker. And my dad too. I mean, it's just like very good people, good hearted people mm -hmm. who, you know, I, I can't see something wrong and not try to do something about it or want to do something about it. And, you know, to have this sort of a platform gives me the ability to see big things and try to enact big change just by sparking some thought. You know, and I, I think that is my role. I, it's like, like a modern day fucking Socrates or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Through, through music. Uh, not to compare myself to someone as great as Socrates. That's just who popped into mind, you know? No, like, but why? I mean, I get why you wouldn't want to put that on yourself. But if that's the purpose behind it is knowledge, then it shouldn't right, matter. You right, know? right. Because, I mean, that's really like, I kind of, it is like, philosophizing mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. at the end of the day and i stay open-minded and i'm i'm okay with being wrong and i'm not saying i'm necessarily a wholehearted good influence like i said like no one's perfect and i'm gonna rap about my life uh, experience is it hard that you're so influential on so many people like is that a tough role to fill um I try to make it known that it's like, this is my life, you know, take the good parts of what I say and channel that, the, mm. the hardworking go-getterism, yeah. the firmness for justice and what's right. <clears throat> Not necessarily the drugs and the whatever else I talk about, but. Have you ever seen The do? Menu, the movie The Menu? I did, yeah. You know that scene where he's like, do you want my life? Like, not my accolades. Right, right, But do right. you want my life? And the sous chef is like, no, sir. Right. And then he fucking shoots himself in the head. I think about that a lot for, like... I think everyone does have a calling, but if you're not crazy obsessed with it, then that's not your call. Like, you kind of right. have to be right. mental about something. Yeah. No, I'm mental. I, I definitely am. And I think... Uh, you know, a lot of people think that, like, this path is what they want. Uh, I naively thought it the same thing when I was young, not realizing how much goes into it. And I'm not one to complain. This life has given me so much, but it's, there's a lot of sacrifice to it too, you know? And there are certain days where I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I just was like normal in a sense of just like worried about the same things normal people are worried about. Yeah. Not to say I'm better than normal i'm yeah. just live a different life i have different concerns and i'm you know i'm i'm worried about the song mixes and like going on stage and having it's, it's fucking it's weird it's a really weird life but i'm a really weird dude so i feel like it kind of it does work i asked kanye if uh, Con conway if he ever uh felt like he wished he had a regular life he's like life was never regular like, yeah, and, yeah. And i think that is true like yeah, Dude, I, was, I wish yeah. I had a regular life, kind of, but I've always just been like, an, not an outsider, but I always haven't felt like I had a purpose until I was doing this. Me too. Until I was doing yeah, comedy I, I can and definitely identify with thing, that. Which is My identity has been rap since I was in sixth grade and I started rapping in the lunch line. Mm -hmm. Like, I was all or nothing from that moment. Everything else was a side note. School, all that shit is like, I'm going to be a rapper. Why do you think that is? 
I was drawn to it. I mean, my dad's a musician. He plays guitar, so I was always around music. Um, I think a little part of me liked that my parents didn't understand it and yeah. were like terrified by it at first. I'm good. That actually, see, at this point, I can take two hits and I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, this fucking <laughs> interview starts going way <laughs> downhill, we, dude. That's why we start bringing the bowls back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta start bringing bowls back. Exactly. Everyone's um, like, you gotta have the best weed and you gotta smoke the most of it as you can. Hell no. And I used to say that all the time. Bro, I used to smoke weed from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to sleep all day. I have no idea how I used to do that. Like, it blows my mind that I was able to do yeah. that. I also used to take ecstasy, you know, three yeah. times a week. That that blows my that mind. Blows like, what the my, fuck? That blows my mind. That blows my What's mind. What's left of my mind? That's you know crazy. what I mean? Like, you, Jesus you Christ. You do think at a pretty high level for taking ecstasy. I think I got out of the ecstasy time. game just in time, if we're being That's honest. Because you don't, yeah. you know, yeah, ecstasy in particular, I stopped entirely. I don't, yeah. I don't do that at all. But I mean, I went to school in Long Island. It was it was a big deal back then. It was even like pre-Molly. It was like yeah. the ecstasy pills. Do you think and about boy, I love that shit. It was fun. <laughs> you got no worries on it. I've never know? done it because oh, I know man. I'm addicted. I know I'm an addicted yeah, don't, personality. Yeah, don't do it. No. Just take take my word for it, you know? Live yeah. vicariously through it's the like stupid I shit I've done. It's like whenever I say I don't do coke, people are like, good, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, coke, coke. Uh, I mean, shit. I've, <laughs> we don't have not to. gonna say I've never done it, but uh, I've never, I've never in my life been like, oh man, I'm so glad I did coke last night. Yeah, not once. It's funny you said your dad's a musician, because this is something I think my dad's a musician, and I don't make music, but I think about generational like paths that are bigger than us. That you're like living out his his dreams happening, but it took like turned yeah took yeah way he like longer. forged you it, know like, this sword yeah. which is you know what I mean. I got a vinyl with my voice on it. My dad was like, I've never been on a vinyl. And yeah. I was like, oh fuck, I'm living his dream. And I get I get my dad in the studio on on songs, you know, oh, to the really? point where he's like, yeah, he's like co-produced that joint I sent you, that condition one. That's him playing the whole really? thing. Really? Yeah, oh, he's like literally co-producer of that. That's yeah. crazy. And and he comes out on stage with me, uh, you know, when when we're on this side of the country. Yeah. I've flown him out for a few. Um, but it's like his dream just took way longer and not yeah, the path yeah. that it and Exactly. I mean, and he was he was doing the circuit. You know, he was he's an incredible guitar player. Mm -hmm. He he definitely has accolades himself. But I, it's it's really cool getting to work with him now too. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's no question I wouldn't be who I am without his influence in so many ways. You know, yeah. on how he raised me as a human being and a man on the one hand, but then also being exposed to so much music at a young age to the point where it's like, my brain was this squishy, like not even formed thing yet. And all this incredible music from such a good era is like, these melodies are getting like imprinted in my mind, you know? Yeah, I was four years old and I knew every word to The Predator by Ice Cube, the entire nice. album. Like that's what my See, dad played me. Like, I didn't know any hip hop until I got considerably older, because when you're a certain age, you listen to what your parents listen to. And my parents are older. Um, they're in their 70s, so. Oh, wow. They uh, they knew, like, the good shit from, yeah. you know, late 60s, early 70s, kind of like Woodstock era. That makes sense in your music, though. Yeah, the yeah. The influence definitely makes sense. They put me on a great reggae, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Toots the Maytals, all, uh, Jimmy Cliff. So it's like, all this stuff was getting ingrained in me too. I love reggae. I'm a like, especially in the summer, you know? Oh yeah. Nothing, nothing mm -hmm. 
gets your day in the right place. <laughs> like some, like reggae. some reggae on, yeah. on a nice summer morning, you know? My mom loved like Lil Wayne. And that's stuff super like cool. That. So yeah, that's so why you... I like that. Like, I like mumble rap. I like drug rap because I kind of grew up with it. You right, know what right. I mean? Like it was influential to me early on. And to me, when I discovered it and, you know, because I, I didn't have any siblings. I'm an only child. I'm an only child, too. Yeah, that's why yeah. we're fucking weird that's hipsters. That's why we're crazy. <laughs> that's, you're, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, like, being an only child is a very unique experience. Yes. Like, it will have a, an effect on who you become, I would say. I get why I relate to your stuff so much more now. That's so funny. Yeah. It's a weird fucking experience being an only child. It you really are alone. is fucking like, weird. You are entirely alone. You're you're not, but but you are. I had an ex, I had an ex say this to me, and it was so rude. But she goes, "You know, when your parents die, if you're not married, you'll really be alone." Yeah, and like, I was like, and then she was like, like "You don't think we've ever thought of that no, ever?" I like, and like, I know I'm the only one to take care of them. Like, too. you want to talk like, a bad trip when fucking you start <laughs> thinking about some shit like that? Yeah, oh my bro. god! You're like, I'm the only one who has to take care of them. Yeah, what the? And fuck? just like what that's gonna be like. I'm so lucky to have both my parents. I, I like truly. Me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a I had a grandpa until this year. You know, he was 95. Uh, wow. He, my favorite favorite human being I ever met. My poppy, he's the best Italian. Bull, strongest guy. Oh my God, he used to knock people out left a and right. A man's man. Absolute man's man, heart of gold. Such a good human being. And I mean, that influence really rubbed off on me a lot too because he helped raise me. I was at his house a lot. And, you know, later in life, I always made it a point to go see him all the time. You know, he, he was the best. The stories he used to tell, man, I've got some great. I, I, I'm what's your crazy? Make sure to get videos, stories? you know. Crazy I, I could just show you when he like a lot of them just involved a fight. And he, <laughs> he would win. You know? My grandfather was the same way. Always Back then, that's how you settled you a dispute. A motherfucker out. And and everyone's got their stories, but then I would meet all his friends and other relatives, and they would be <laughs> like, Yeah, no, yeah, your grandpa, man, what a great guy. But boy, oh boy, did he send some people to the hospital. My grandfather was the quietest, most meek man on my mom's side. But when he passed, all of his friends were like, he was the life of the party. No he was shit. crazy. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were like, damn, he had a double life. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and some people just like, you know, they, they quiet down, you know, yeah. as they get older. I My life is so much less crazy. I used to like go out all the time. And I thinking back on it, it's insane. Like, what's the point of like, but I get it, you're young, so that's the point. What type of old person are you gonna be? Probably, I mean, I would say I'm already getting grumpy, so I would say <laughs> grumpy's definitely gonna be part of the brand. Um, but uh, I don't know, like, wise. Like, the thing is, like, old people lived through shit that we didn't, and it's so interesting. I love talking to old people. I think they have so many incredible stories and things to learn from. They just, they saw a different time than we did. And we're going to be those old people one day. Yeah. You know? And then at that point, they're like these libraries of information. Yeah, we write old people off. Yeah, you can never write. Dude, old people are awesome. I mean, I not all of them because not all people are awesome. And yeah. some of them just get old yeah. inevitably. Uh, Except I do think you have to be a certain level of stubborn to survive. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of old people are stubborn because they survived. You know? Yes, yes. 
Yes, and it's like, like I used to call my grandma like a negative Nancy a lot, but I was like, yeah, because she has she had to survive through everything. Yeah, she, of course she's negative. Dude, like, life life is a bitch uh, at and a lot of die. points, and then Life's yeah, so they say. And then you die. So they say. <laughs> That's how they say. <laughs> life is it really is like I mean, you got to find the joy in it. Yeah. But it's a crazy experience. But that is interesting, being an only child. And I'm lucky to have some really good friends. My best friend, uh, Adam Gennario, the, the best, man. We, we go back um, to literally our grandpas were best friends. Oh, like that crazy. grandpa that's and his grandpa crazy. were best friends. And then, you know, your our moms were friends. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. Uh, they, they were the two. Oh, your so moms. So both the moms. moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we were like in the crib. That's why together and still best friends to this day. And uh, he has three siblings and I grew up at their house. So I became I got adopted by that pack, mm -hmm. basically. You know what I mean? Like like a little orphan wolf. Um, I needed and I'm really thankful. I also had some other really good friends that, you know, I yeah. consider almost you brothers, be, you know, you, pretty yeah. much brothers. But you then there is lonely still only only. You no, have no, to no. have some friends. You gotta, you gotta have you friends have and you have, have to have good friendships, friend. like deep, yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, cherished, treasured friendships, man. Because like those friendships that last yeah. until you're this age. When you're young, you're just like, oh, I'm friends with everybody and it'll last forever. You know, and don't get me wrong. I have some dear friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time. And it doesn't mean we're any less friends. We're just all busy in different parts of the country. But, you know, there's only so many people you will have known from that point in life. Yeah. And you meet way less people as you get older on that sort of a level. I feel like you're, maybe that's me as a rapper. Maybe mm. that's, that's some jaded shit, you know, just from having to meet thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. It's hard to like, you know, I have made some new, unbelievably close friends later in life, but way less than I used to, for sure. Yeah, because you're... You're so public anyway that, like, when you're younger, you just want enough, more people to like right, you. Right, right. But then when you get hella people to like you, you're probably like, oh, this isn't all that. And finding, like, genuineness yeah. out there, you know. And that people aren't trying to, like, dick ride and shit. Like. Yeah, and you, you know, you have whatever life experiences you have in terms of fucked up friendships and, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever goes on there in your life. But that kind of just changes your thought on what a friend is you know yeah. and like you know i'm lucky to have some really good ones and they're like siblings but not having any siblings technically biologically is still its own still its own thing if i was that's why i read dude that's why i read i was like writing stories <laughs> books are your brothers yes and yes and my action figures <laughs> i used to have the most like illustrious action figure battles bro with storylines oh, yeah i was the oh i loved that oh yeah shit, bro like full day long yeah. ones <laughs> And if I had other friends involved, like, I was the one pushing the storyline forward. Yeah. Did you have uh, imaginary friends? Uh, there was this dragonfly that I was always convinced was following me, Dave the Dragonfly. But I, I think it was just a bunch of different dragonflies. <laughs> they kind of look similar. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really tell. But I swore he was, like, following me, and if we were I hanging out. If I was an old person, I kind of want to die before the aliens land. Yeah, I unless they already have. You think I don't know, man. I feel like they look like us. I don't. I think it's ignorant to think they look different than us. Maybe, or maybe it's like some venom shit, where it's like some parasitic. So they are. They do look like us. Because you of think that. they've landed? I think they definitely have throughout the course. But I am very skeptical as to like everything that's going on right now in that 
respect yeah. because it's like ah, everybody's talking about it. News, you know what I mean. Whenever the news starts super covering You're an something, alien hipster. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I mean, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm open is, to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm receptive to it. I'm not an alien expert in the conspiracy world. You know what yeah. I mean? You, like, I feel like when it comes to people who are into conspiracies, it's like the alien people are their own their like genres. subdivision. Their yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. What's your genre of choice? Um, kind of just like Illuminati. Just yeah, I would say like the controlling forces. Um. Unfortunately, I feel like it's way more fun to be like into aliens. I, I more just on like the things that seem to be directly pertinent. Yeah. But also like looking back on like erased history, I think is very. I love history. I think history is super interesting. But then when you begin to even question the history that you're taught, oh. it's like, whoa, dude, what really did that go Graham on? Hancock shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> who's that? He's the guy who does the. Uh, it's like the world is. We had like ancient civilizations way right. older. Yeah, than no, what for we, sure. Yes, I know. We, I've heard yeah. the name. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, we definitely do. So it's like, what happened there? Like, yeah. uh, and then there's like what we're told. And just accept for fact. It's like yeah. the deeper you get in it, even the most like kind of simple things that you've thought, you never question your whole life. You start to question. You're like, damn, you know? Yeah. Like I've heard some theories, uh, you know, like some really far out ones, but then just been like, I mean, it's possible. It's tough <laughs> you know? to not go over the edge. Yeah, I try to like, depending on like who my audience is, yeah, okay. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it I'm can gonna, get pretty wild. Yeah, I don't want to, like, get you in trouble on anything. Because certain people have certain... No, no. I, ju know? I just think it's like, you know, some people... You could start real surface layer, mm -hmm. you know. And they're you like, oh, digging. that's not... And it's like, oh, shit, man. I didn't even get warmed up. We can't go any further. This is where we have to stop yeah. them. Because you are That's not. how I feel about DMT. And I hate the term spirituality, but, like, that type of thing. is when I did it... I can go real deep into my beliefs of what I actually think is out there and what I think that is. But I realize no one actually wants to listen to me talk about that. You they know? might. They might, man. You know, like, I'm always interested to hear when someone had an experience that they stepped away from with something new. Because that might be something that, I mean, in this instance, I don't have that gem yet. Yeah. I never have fully blasted off into this other dimension with DMT. I just kind of floated off the bed a little bit. Yeah, no, it's like you fully hallucinate in a different world. And it's yeah. funny because movies make you think when you take mushrooms, you're going to yeah, see no. shit. You never... There's, no, things change. They, really they start to get a little get, wiggly. There's no real... Like this carpet would hallucinations. fucking... This carpet would yeah. get But when you do wild. DMT, it's real hallucination. Yeah, you go somewhere else entirely. You go somewhere yeah, else, yeah, yeah. which is a place that if you haven't been, sounds crazy. Yes, you know? but I also, I understand that I've, I've heard too much similar things from people mm -hmm. who have done that, where it's like, damn, how'd y'all all go to like a real similar place? All these different crazy. minds, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's interesting. But it is funny because you do have to test your audience to see how far deep people want to go. Yeah. And people... it's a crazy time, man. It's a crazy time because like, you can say something the wrong way. You could mess up a sentence and say something you didn't mean to say at all. And it's a real like soundbite time where someone will take one sentence oh, yeah. out of context and make you look fucking crazy. Like people, uh, that's why I'm not mad at the level of notoriety and fame that I have because I don't want to be the subject of 
scrutiny across yeah. everywhere because I say some crazy shit. My fans know and understand me for who I am, and there's not usually anything wrong there, but sometimes I just get going and I, I say wild shit on stage. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it always comes from a good place. I have like what I would consider to be a good heart, you know, decent intention. And, uh, but yeah, no, sometimes I say wild shit, dude. If I was like famous, famous, you could take so many things that I say out of context, oh, yeah. I'm sure, and just be like, this guy's fucking nuts. It's tough to be like, cause I find shit. I, I consider my humor like porn. Some people have watched all the regular porn, so they're into crazy porn. Right, and that, right. Desensitized. Like, I'm desensitized to humor, so I like the craziest joke. Right, right, But right. other people, that would be like, Letty, what do you like? And then you're watching some fucking shit get whipped and a dude tied right, like in right. a gimp suit. I mean, it's I like, would even my say humor, you know? musically, like, like, Raw Thoughts is kind of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like real. But I like, like that shit. I like yeah, pushing yeah. the boundaries. I think because... pushing the boundaries is important, and I feel like times like this and in any society where things really are so fucked up and you can't ignore it when you look around, it does create, you know, yeah. it, a lot of times a renaissance of sorts where creatives rise to the occasion and it somehow kind of helps things correct itself. People can get away with kind of saying crazy shit again. I feel like it's starting to come back. Yeah, I mean, now with AI, it's, you could make it, you, oh, you could have me say anything say, and yeah. fucking, you but know, I so mean, it's like, like this interview could not exist. This could all be just an AI simulation in case yeah. someone does want to take a sound bite. I'm just going to be like, yo, that whole sandbox <laughs> thing, fake. that was AI, I don't bro. even know who that They're getting is. crazy with this shit nowadays. <laughs> Made it look like my whole house and everything. <laughs> How did he know I, <laughs> who the fuck is that kid? Uh, but no, I mean... I do feel like people, you can kind of get away with more now. Like, comedians are finally able... Like yeah, Shane Gillis, super shout out sensitive Shane time. Gillis. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, can yeah. kind of... You can say within reason if it's a joke or if it's... Right, right, right. In jest. And some, some jokes, you know, that, like, people who do push the boundaries, sometimes you fucking you fuck push up. too far. And you, you do fuck up, yeah, for sure, oh in what God. some people would consider. But at the same time, like... You don't destroy someone's livelihood over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I tell you a story that I never thought I'd tell on the podcast? But it yes, happened last absolutely. weekend. Fuck it. I performed on the Drumwork Fest last week, which was Conway's festival. Gucci Mane, Jada Kiss, wow. Rich the Kid, and uh, they had a comedy show too with Ti's Haha Mafia. So wow. it was like a all. It was like a two thousand person theater for like a rap audience. So I go up and I start doing great. Like I really do for the first, my first like three quarters of my set, I'm doing great. And I got cocky and I start, I did a joke about a, the movie, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which is a really intense Holocaust movie about children dying. And the first three minutes of the joke is no joke at all. It's just me oh, explaining Oh, so you're really relying on that And I got payoff. so cocky. I got booed. I was getting fully booed. And then in the end, I finally got it back. Like, I yeah, finally, because yeah, yeah. the punchline is good. Come see me do comedy. The punchline go. is good. There you go. But I had never experienced, I was like, damn, I got cocky and said a joke. I really, I shouldn't you have done a five-minute Holocaust joke for a rap show. Gotta know your audience. I think there's an art to that too. And I get desensitized to that sometimes too because I've been touring, you know, headlining my tours now for a long time. So it's, I got my fans there in the room. 
So, you know. Have you ever bombed? They know I say wild shit. Well, I just have to factor it in if I'm doing a festival or mm. something else where it's like, okay. But have you bombed? Like, in your mind, that so, was a horrible show. The worst stage experience that I ever had was like 2010, and I somehow got an opportunity to open for Wu-Tang in New York City. Now, at, in no way, shape, or form was I prepared as an artist for this opportunity. This opportunity came way too early, or it didn't, because it was meant to teach me something. Yeah. Um, so I go up there. I mean, that's a brutal crowd, you know, A. Yeah. And I'm like, what, 22? I go up there on stage, and this is back when it was like CDs. That's what your DJ had, and the CD didn't work. But I had already walked out. So there's just this really awkward silence, looking back, getting this. I'm like, oh, oh. And people, yeah, heavy booze, heavy booze. Like, who the fuck is this kid? Boo. Get this guy the fuck out. We came to see Wu-Tang. I'm just like, man, I was kind of out of my element here. You know, to begin with, you know, I was... What ended up happening is Peter Rosenberg uh, started playing beats and Shout I freestyled. Yeah, yeah, because he had a setup over there too. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. Peter Rosenberg saved my life that night because <laughs> if I had to step off that stage without having any moment of rapping, I think, you know, that depression would have been as it was. I mean, this yeah. was, this crushed me, dude. And I freestyled for a second. Back then, I was pretty sharp with the freestyles. No idea what the fuck I said. Um, and at least started getting less booze by the end of it, you That's, know? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was, uh, it taught me a lot. I've had some experiences like that for sure that are just that like, man. Yeah, I mean, performance wise, yeah. Like, I opened up for Wu Tang Clan on Juneteenth. How'd that go? I started getting booze. I started getting booze. What saved me is there was like an old white guy cleaning. And I was like, shout out to my dad for coming. <laughs> and people, I got him back with that. But I was good. like, damn, why would they book me of all people but on Juneteenth to do comedy? When you're opening for other artists, yeah. it's like a totally different ball game. You know, and it's it's good. Like, I just did a festival in Finland. That's still not opening for another artist. So when you're opening, I, I opened for Tech 9 on a full tour. And it was like 50 shows in 54 days. The it first was... time I saw real titties was at a Tech 9 yeah. concert. Yeah, that doesn't was... surprise me at all. <laughs> the first time I saw titties in real life. A lot life of titties. was at a Tech 9 concert. A lot of titties come out. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a really, I mean, A, I got to learn from Tech, who's, you know, an independent independent juggernaut i mean mm. when it comes to touring this dude is a fucking machine he's so dialed he's been doing it for so long his stamina you know to yeah he he's been doing that you know i've been doing it for 14 15 years and i'm exhausted yeah. you know he's been doing it way longer uh but i learned so much watching him but you got to factor it in too it's like this is not my crowd there were some crowds where mm. a decent amount of people Came. It was like 2015, so I had been in the game for some time. Uh, but also there was like, especially in some markets, like there were some markets where it was no one was there for me. There yeah. were some markets where it felt like almost half. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Like when we went to Montana, it was super lit because I had never you been there. Up north. Yeah, like, I'm more of a northern, like, Jon yeah. Snow kind of. Uh, <laughs> that's where my brain. Rap game Jon Snow. Yes, yes. Um <laughs> But, you know, like in Midwest, but yeah, I guess it's like usually the yeah. Northern. Although I, 
I haven't gone to the South. Historically, that's the case. But it's been a while since I've been, you know, down to the true South. Um, so I'd be interested. Yeah. But yeah, like Canada. Shout out to Canada. That tour was nuts. Yeah, we Justin sold the was whole shit out. Me how was... crazy. Shout out Justin Clancy. Yeah, absolutely. Clancy, how you doing? <laughs> Good dude. Yes, Good yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool having them out. That was like such a crazy experience for them. Uh, yeah. do, that was the first time they had done something of that scale and getting to like live vicariously through that. I mean, on, it was the biggest tour I've ever done mm -hmm. as well for myself. Um, it was nuts, but I'm still like, you know, desensitized yeah. in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Which, you know, I miss the wonder and awe of being like, oh, a new city. We've never been here. Like, but you've been to every city. We still go to new places sometimes, especially when you incorporate uh, international. I mean, at this point, we, we've done a good bit of Canada, for most of Canada. We still got to make it up to you like Halifax. Europe? Yeah, I've done Europe, but Europe's still very new to me. Uh, I've just done the one tour, and then I just did Finland at festival. Oh, duh. Yeah, but, but no, it, in well, Europe's, Europe feels like you're really somewhere else. Yeah. It, that's, that's pretty cool. But the U.S. Is, is a beautiful country, too. You can't sleep on it. We got all I love sorts of regions. I love traveling, like mm -hmm. driving around. Like We were driving from uh, D.C. to Atlanta, and we saw this thing called Ruby Falls. Have you ever heard of this? No. In Chattanooga, Tennessee. We pull off. We're like, what is Ruby Falls? It's a waterfall inside a cave. Damn. And they don't know where the water comes from. They've, like, really? tested it. It's 70 feet high waterfall inside a cave and the dude who started it this is like one of the most inspirational stories it blew my mind it was just cool to pull off and find yeah it. he was a, a spelunker and he felt like wind coming from a hole that was 18 inches high and he's like well there's wind coming from something i'm gonna go in there and he climbed for six hours in an 18 inch hole and when he got out it was the waterfall Wow. And I was like, damn, if that's not dedication and shit, yeah, that shit bro. like blew my fucking mind. So if you're ever in Chattanooga, go to Ruby Falls. Yeah, and that's part of being present right there too. It's like taking that turn off to go mm -hmm. to Ruby Falls. Yeah. You know, how often are you like, ah, that sounds cool, but I gotta get, yeah. you know, like it's important to have the Ruby Falls experiences yeah. in your life wherever, you know, the path takes you because life's too short, man. Man, thank you for doing this. Yeah. This was dope as fuck. Hell yeah, I really, dude. really appreciate it. Yeah, this. I had a good time uh, too, yeah. man. You're a good man, dude. We covered a lot of topics. Moose was here watching us. Moose, yeah, he's a great observer. A <laughs> great observer. He's my publicist. That's <laughs> why so he's looking at me like that. He's, he's like, well, you said a couple things there. Right? You, know, <laughs> you didn't say We're going to have a talk afterwards. He jumped on your legs and he's like, don't talk yeah. about that. Don't talk <laughs> about that. But no, I really do appreciate that. Absolutely, thank man. You, Absolutely. And, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Fuck yeah. Peace out.